Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning on what looks to be like uh, maybe our last sunny, warm, warm day for a while. Now it's not going to be terrible. It's going to be seasonal. We're going to get some cooler weather, but it'll it'll change things up a little. So during today's show, when we talk hunting and fishing and all the different activities, we'll we'll talk about what the conditions are right now, but we'll also talk about how these weather changes will probably affect them. And, you know, for the most part, if you dress properly, the actual fishing and hunting is probably going to be better with this cool spell. It's going to be really seasonal. But uh, speaking of some changes, the Colorado Parks and Wildlife has closed the Yampa River below Stagecoach Reservoir. Uh, it's a it's a mandatory all-day closure. The flows are low there, and they really want to protect that fishery, just, uh, just so you're aware of that. And, you know, an with the water levels we've had, the flows, the different weather conditions, the boat ramps closing in different places, you may want to really know before you go. Check out where you're going. Make sure boat ramps are open, flows are adequate, uh, what the conditions are. And, of course, look at the weather and make sure you're dressed properly. we got a lot of cover today. We're going to cover some uh, hunting, take a friend hunting, and earn some great prizes. We're going to talk about that later. Chad Lachance is going to join us in the second hour. We're going to talk about selective harvest and how to maybe prepare some of those fish that you do harvest in the right situation. And then Nate Zielinski is going to wrap up the uh, the first rifle season scouting and talk about the upcoming seasons. So we got a lot to cover today. So right now, let's go to the phones. And joining us from Kirk's Fly Shop up in Estes, Kirk Dean, good morning. Good morning. Is that... Beautiful up in Estes today, too. I'll bet it is. It's pretty warm, but it's really windy. Yeah, it's windy here, too. It's uh, yeah. I, I got up this morning, and the temperature was already in the 60s when I looked outside. I just, it's been, you know, around 40, even lower, so I was kind of surprised. I'm, sometimes those winds will warm it up, but we got some weather coming in, but uh, I think the fishing is going to be just fine. Now, I want to talk to you about... Uh, you caught a very beautiful lake trout on a fly rod, and you've been doing some fly rod fishing in the lakes at some pretty incredible depths. And I want to talk about that, but before we get to that, let's kind of go through some of the waters you guys guide on and what's going on there. First of all, the park. I assume the park's been beautiful. We've had warm weather. What's it like now, and do you anticipate it changing pretty rapidly? I mean, it's great right now. I mean, it's been warm up there. It seems like after 10 o'clock from 10 till about 4, fishing's pretty good up there. Still getting dry fly action on top and ants and beetles. Um, but I think it's going to change really quick after this weekend. So um, it may be the last day today for the park to be fishing good. Yeah, so it does, you just imagine it's going to get cold, colder up there and uh, it starts seeing ice and conditions like that. Is that what usually, is that what usually happens that takes you out of the park? It does, yeah. So once it starts icing up, it, the fish kind of just go down and go dormant. So, so you, you know, we we got some 60s coming up next week. Um, it's been warm. There might be some days. But from what you're saying, there's probably better opportunities. And one that you and I have fished year-round is the Big Thompson. That Even with this weather coming in, that might even fish better. Yeah, I know. It, it fishes really good, and, you know. 
pretty much all of November. It doesn't seem to ice up until the end of November. Um, and yeah, with the storm coming through, it should even get more active. Do you see more hatches with these uh, storms coming through? You do, for sure. So uh, right now it's going to be midges. Still getting some blue wing olives coming off right now. So that's good. But of course, you and I have fished the uh, Big Thompson River right through winter. In fact, we fished it once on a February weekend where the weekend before it had been like 20 below. And then we had been going to fish that weekend and canceled it. So we waited till the next weekend and it got up. I think it got up maybe in the high 30s, 40. It warmed up a, a winter day with the sun shining, and we just slayed the fish. It was some of the most incredible fishing we've had on that river. Yeah, they, you know where they are in the wintertime. They're pooled up in the deeper holes, and if you can get on the right fly, you can get, sure catch a lot of them out of one spot. Yeah, I don't think we would have had to move. I think we moved just so we could film some different uh, different areas. We were doing a television show. But we should still have some pretty good seasonal fishing up and down. Is the, is the Thompson fishing pretty good from top to bottom now? Has there been any leftover residual from the past floods and rework? Well, it's fishing really good from um, Estes to Drake. A little slower from Drake down because of all the water that came in from the North Fork, or all the sand and stuff in there. But there's still fish down in there, too. But they seem to be a little better um, west of Drake. And is that is that just because of the recent flooding and the burn scars? It is, yeah. Okay, so you fish maybe fish up a little higher above Drake, um, and that would probably mean the North Fork itself probably isn't fishing too well, right? Yeah, the North Fork. Well, the North Fork's fishing pretty good above the Miller Fork. Um, it's the Miller Fork that really put in all the sand and stuff. So, if you know where the Miller Fork is, it's about halfway between Glenhaven and Drake. So you get west of the Miller Fork. It fishes really well. Okay. And you're saying a lot of midges right now? Yeah, uh, little little midges, uh, little um, jujubes and stuff like that underneath, copper ribbed RS2s in sizes uh, 20s to 24s right now is what I'd be going with. You still doing any dry dropper or is it pretty much just subsurface stuff with an occasional dry? Well, I pretty much always have a dry on as my indicator now, um, just because it doesn't spook the fish as much, but really not getting much on that. I'm using like a little chubby on top for my indicator and then dropping with like a little pheasant tail and, and then a little midge behind that. Just a right. more stealthy way to get to the fish. How are the flows in the Big Thompson? I know they're dam controlled, but has it been pretty decent flows? Yeah, no, it's it's pretty good. They actually have uh, been draining the lake here, so we've had a little higher flow down in the canyon. So draining the lake to work on the dams. So right now it's actually pretty good flow. I think it's around 40 CFS. Now, are they just lowering the lake? They're not bringing it all the way down, right? Correct, yeah. Just bringing it down a ways to, to work on the dam. Okay. What about you still doing anything on the Colorado River yet? Yeah, no, I, I had a float over there this last week. Uh, Colorado was fishing great. Got high flow, not high flow, good flow on the Colorado. It's 900 CFS right now. Are you, seeing a, are you seeing a lot of the browns? Yes. The browns are fishing good kind of in the in the riffles and stuff like that. So are they you feed? Are they more of a feeding on the browns? Are they eating uh, bugs or are you just getting them to attack streamers or both? Mostly I've been getting them on Pat's rubber legs in the, in the riffles. So hitting for fairly good size, good bugs in there for sure. Okay. Well, I want to talk to you about some fishing you've been doing. You own some different fly shops, including one 
over by Grand Lake, and I know you've been doing some lake fishing lately and going after lake trout and kokanee and other other species, and you haven't been doing it with sinking lines. You're doing it with floating line, but long leaders. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, just doing a, an indicator, kind of a slip bobber type of rig with a, with a fly rod um, and dropping it way down deep um, below the indicator. So instead of having a fly line on the fly rod, I just do all mono and then put bobber stops uh, above my thingamabobber, like a one-inch thingamabobber, and put a little weight above my flies, and you can just let it kind of bounce in the waves and get it way deep, whatever depth you want, kind of want to get to. And you're really not, you know, trying to do fly casting. That's why you can take the fly line off. But a lot of people just want to catch fish on a fly rod, or that's the equipment they have. So right. what you're trying to do now, and a lot of guys would approach that with conventional gear, but I would think this is a setup that not only from a conventional boat, but somebody in a, a kayak or a or a float tube or a pontoon could get out and do it too, right? Yeah, yeah. It's really not that hard to cast either. And when you get the slip bobber, you can get it down towards the end. And you more flop it to one side of the boat and then flop it on the other side until you get enough line out to let it sink down. And what kind of fish, what species of fish have you been targeting? Well, the main reason I started doing that was for kokanee. Um, so we'd go like 20 feet down and find where the kokanee were, and they seemed to hit a fly really well, like a little little scud imitation or a little sow bug um, in the summertime, and we'd go about 20 to 30 feet down below the indicator. But I found out that the Lakers started hitting that and been doing that all this all this fall and catching quite a few Lakers on it down deep. More on, the Lakers seem to hit Prince Nymphs and Balanced um, Leeches. Now, do you think that Laker bite will be changing? Now, like on Lake Granby, I know for sure those fish are not necessarily all the big ones. We find less big ones in the fall, in October, not necessarily in the fall, but in October. But we get a lot of what we call the pup lake trout, uh, 16 to 22 inches. Um, they're usually pretty prolific up shallow this time of the year. Uh, have you tried that? Or are you going to try for those maybe? Yeah, no, we've been getting them anywhere from 8 feet down below the indicator to 30 feet. But I'm thinking as we go, it's going to be a little shallower and maybe even change up tactics and, and start streamer fishing, just casting to the bank and stripping back and working that 5 to 8 feet. Seems like they start getting shallower there along those lakes. Yeah, the streamer, which should be effective, because those fish get pretty aggressive when they're in the spawn. And I don't even know if they're actually feeding on it or if they're just attacking it. But what a great way to use your fly rod. And of course, you haven't caught any large fish doing that, right? <laughs> Nothing like you get, but I got a pretty good one last week. Oh, you get there. You get like I get. Didn't you get one that was about 20 pounds? I did, yeah. I got a 36-inch one that weighed 20 pounds last week. And that must that have been quite a battle on a fly rod. It was. It took me 40 minutes to get it in, but we got it in. Had a good net man on the boat. That was good. Got it in. I saw the pictures of it. An outstanding fish. Just a, a great, uh, great opportunity to get out there. It just shows, you know, in Colorado, there's so many opportunities in different ways to fish. Now, if people come up to, is, is your shop on the west side remain open or do you close for the winter? We're open for one more week, so we'll be open through October 30th this year. And where? And where's that? Where's that located? We're right on Main Street there, right across from the Dairy Queen, right as you come into Grand Lake. 
So you must, you put your shops by Dairy Queens on purpose. Do you have a thing for ice cream or? <laughs> I do, I do, yeah. Everybody knows where those things are. So you gotta, you gotta put your store up next to them. Yeah, so Grand Lake, you're by Dairy Queen. Of course, in Estes, you're right by the Dairy Queen. Yeah. Um, so you'll be open there for a week, but if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, talk to about what you're doing for these lake trout, I don't know if you're guiding for them or not, but if they want to get a hold of you and at least talk to you about them, what would be the best way? Go to the Estes shop or call you there? Yeah, just give us a call at the, the Estes shop, and we we can go all of, well, Grand Lake's only, the ramp's going to be open through the first week of November, so we won't have too much time there, but we could go um, and fish for them there. So yeah, you can just give us okay. all of the S the shop. Sorry. And so and then how and we'll get all that contact information in a minute. I got off the kokanee a little quicker. Were you catching kokanee at at Grand Lake and Granby? Yes. Yeah. If I if you get about twenty feet down below your indicator in the summer, I seem to catch a lot of kokanee. And then this fall, I couldn't figure them out, but I was catching Lakers, so I didn't didn't bother me any. Now, the kokanee, they look like they're doing okay because they've been up and down in those lakes. They look like they might be doing okay there. Yeah, they're doing really well, it seems like. You know, for a lot of people, the kokanee spawn is on now. And I forgot to mention at the beginning of the show, CPW actually gives away kokanee at like the Roaring Judy Hatchery and places. If you go on Colorado um, Parks and Wildlife website, you can get some kokanee. And then this time of the year, when they're doing their spawning run, run, they're probably not quite as good table fare, but they're great to smoke. But during the summer, those are great fish to keep a couple and eat, too. Yeah, they're great. They're my favorites to eat, for sure. All right. Well, why don't you take us through all the places people can contact you, the different things you have to offer. So we got a shop in Estes Park. Uh, we do fly fishing in, on the Thompson and at this time of year. And we also do guided hikes up in the park. And llama pack and uh, backpack trips. And then we also got a shop in Grand Lake um, where we do float trips down to Colorado, lake trips on Grand Lake, and uh, fly fishing wade trips over there too. And uh, just look us up on, on the web so, website, com. All right, my friend. And you have a special event coming up in December. You might as well plug that right now. Yeah, on December 10th, we got, hopefully, we got you, you and Karen coming too. Um, We'll have celebrities there for fishing, John Barr, um, John Gearock for, for, for signing stuff, and then we'll have a half off any one item in the store. All right, my friend. We'll tell people more of that as we get closer, but thanks for joining us. It'll be good to see you again soon, Kirk. Yeah, thank you, Terry. You bet. Kirk Bean, great, great guy. If you want to learn to fly fish with this guy, I tell you what, he is so knowledgeable and he's so patient and such a great guy. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, we're going to tell you not only where you can go hunting and fishing, but where you can get a Christmas tree on Terry Wicksham Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan, brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear. A little later in this show, we're going to talk about ice fishing equipment, whether it's coming in and how the supplies look. So you want to stay tuned for that. Right now, let's go to the phones. And joining us from Colorado Parks and Wildlife is Bronwyn Phillips. Good morning. Good morning, Terry. How are you doing? I'm doing great. we got one more beautiful day, then we're going to get some seasonal weather changes. And uh, I'll bet up in Golden Gate Canyon State Park, it's beautiful today. Why don't you describe the park and tell people where it's located? 
Yeah, absolutely. So Golden Gate Canyon State Park is about 30, 40 minutes from Denver. Um, we're located in Gilpin County, kind of nestled in between Black Hawk, Central City, and Netherlands, uh, right off of Highway 46 and 119. Um, just a little information about the park so people can know. Um, we're over 12,000 acres here of pine trees, aspen groves, and meadows. And in that area, we have 35 miles of trail, both hiking and multi-use trails. Um, we have four ponds of stocked fishing, and we also allow small game and big game hunting on the Jefferson County side of the park. Um, another information, just, oh, did you have a question? No, no, go ahead. Oh, yeah. So um, more information about the park is we have a little over 150 campsites, including backcountry sites and shelters. Um, we have three cabins and two yurts that can be rent, uh, rented out year round. And then we have two larger group camping areas and a guest house that can be rented as well. And then we also have a group facility that can be rented for like, picnics or weddings or larger group events, too. Yeah, I think one of the things that impresses me most about Golden Gate Canyon State Park is that by the time you're 10 minutes out of Golden or downtown Denver, you feel like you're up miles and miles away in the mountains because the roads that go through there, the tree-lined roads, the trails, it just feels remote, and it really gives you a, uh, a recreation area that acts like it's remote, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those places, like you said, it's, you're not too far from amenities, but you're far enough that you kind of feel like you're actually in the mountains and away from people and things. It's pretty great. Now, we talked um, about the fishing and the hunting, and we're going to talk about that a little more. And you have a Christmas tree, uh, annual Christmas tree cutting event that's coming up. I want to talk to you about that. But when people come up, they, if they're going to camp, they need the reservation system. And your fishing is kind of limited, but it's to ponds. It's such a great place to take kids to fish. In fact, I did a television show there, ice fishing. So tell people about those ponds. They're they're traditionally stocked with trout. Is that the case right now? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we have four ponds. The two, we have two ponds that are very easy accessible. They're right off the road, parking right near to it. It's not any kind of walk or anything. And those guys get stocked with rainbow trout uh, during the season. Um, our last stocking that we had was in late August. And we're assuming that we're probably going to get stocked again, but definitely just keep an eye out for all, any stocking reports on that kind of thing. And then we have two other ponds that are more in the park where you have to kind of hike into, and those guys get stocked with brown trout as well. And then didn't you used to have a fishing pond by your visitor center? And didn't you take several large fish and move them to some of those ponds? Yeah, we did. So if you've ever been to the visitor center at the park, um, you've probably seen we have a visitor center show pond that has a trout that people can feed and just kind of get up close and personal with them. And they're very big fish, and we've had some overcrowding. So we've worked with the CPW wildlife biologist, and they came out and moved about 200 of those fish into Slough Pond, which is one of the ponds that's very easy accessible from the road, and people can fish them now. So what a great opportunity. Somebody's probably already, but they will get surprised. They'll be fishing for stalker trout and get, what, probably a five-pound fish or bigger? Or? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think some of the fish were about seven pounds that we moved over there, so some big boys. Yeah, that'll be kind of fun. Before we get to the hunting part, I want to spend a little time on that because it's uh, having hunting on public land so close to the metro area is so great, but you also do a Christmas tree thing. It's an annual thing. And a lot of people going out and cutting their own Christmas tree is such an event, getting ready for the holidays. It's tradition to them. And you have uh, trees. You have a, We mentioned that it, 
pine forest all through the park. You can't just haphazardly go cut a tree, but you do have an event. Tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. So we do this every year, like you said. Um, and the reason why we do this is it helps with um, overcrowding of our forest. Um, and this helps to have the forest have better health and help with any kind of wildlife, wildfire mitigation that could happen. So that's like the main reason why we do this. And basically the uh, system is that we issue 250 permits. Um, and it's through an application draw that goes from November 1st through the 15th. And it's all online, so you can go to cpwshop.com, and you can apply for a permit online. It's $35 per permit, and we only issue one permit per household. Um, And you'll get notified through email if you were a successful applicant or not. And then the actual day, we do it one day a year, is the first Saturday of December, which will be December 3rd this year. And it's from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We have a section of the park. It's by the Knot Creek Trailhead. And that's where we're going to have everyone stationed. And you can kind of go out into a certain section of the park and actually cut down a tree um, in that area. Now, you mentioned they should go to the CPW shop rather than to the page for Golden Gate Canyon. Or is it in both places? So we'll have a link on our homepage of uh, the Golden Gate Canyon website to kind of like link you there directly, but you can also just go to cpwshop.com initially as well and find it that way too. And and how many applications do you give out or how many permits do you give out again? 250. That would be awesome. So hopefully a lot of people will go check that out. And now do you pay up front or you only pay if you get chosen? You will only pay if you get chosen. So you might enter your credit card information, but they will not charge you anything unless you are a successful applicant. That's awesome. So hopefully I can just see trudging through the snow with a couple of the kids and cutting a tree and dragging it out, getting home and just a wonderful opportunity. Now, before I let you go, I want to talk a little bit about hunting because the next segment, we're going to talk about how you can take a, a friend hunting and win some prizes. You do have hunting available on the park. Is that right? Yes, we do. So um, Arca Park is kind of separated between Gilpin County and Jefferson County. And on the Jefferson County side of the park, hunting is allowed both small game and big game hunting. And so, but it's not just haphazard. It's, it's limited by reservation. Is that right? Yeah, so we have a new system this year um, just to kind of limit the amount of hunters out there because on that side of the park, we still have backcountry sites and we have hikers in that area. So we want to limit the amount of people hunting and just kind of make it a little bit safer for everybody. So it is a reservation system kind of like other state parks do or other wildlife areas do uh, for hunting. It's the HRS program. Um, We limit to 15 hunters a day and you can make a reservation 14 days in advance up to noon the day before. And it's free. It's a free reservation. Doesn't cost anything to do. And is that would they find that online? Can they get a link to that on your parks page? Yep, so absolutely. On our homepage, we have it kind of marked a couple different places that show send you directly to the place to do that type of thing. It will be through cpwshop.com as well. Now, obviously, you have to have the correct licenses and um, gun, uh, firearm safety and all the necessary things you need to hunt. But you said there's both big game and small game. I imagine you see deer and elk there. What are some of the small game you see up in the park? Um, so a lot of people who do small game, we're going to be looking for like rabbits and squirrels and small things like that. Um, you know, that's going to be a little bit more successful than the big game hunting that we have. You know, there are definitely deer and moose and elk out there, but they kind of know the area and kind of stay away. You know, they know the safety zone. So definitely small game, I think, is a little bit more successful out on that side of the park. All right. 
Bronwyn, thank you so much, and I hope you, a lot of people come and get Christmas trees and keep using the park on a year-round basis. I do, and it's just a great place to go. Well, thanks, Terry, for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right, thanks for coming on, Bronwyn Phillips. We're going to take a time out. We're going to tell you how you might be able to get one of those days reserved for that small game hunting and maybe win some great prizes as a hunter. All that and more on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go right to the phones. Joining us from Colorado Parks and Wildlife is Brian Postumus. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Terry. It's great to tie in with you again. Thanks for having me on. Good to talk to you. You know, it's a great, uh, a great segue when we were talking to Brownwin last segment about hunting availability on parks, especially small game hunting. You know, people, it's, it's pretty known fact in the industry that if people get to adulthood and they haven't been introduced to the outdoors by family or friends, it's difficult sometimes to get them to take dip their toe in the water and experience the outdoors. And a lot of times when they do, they find out how much they really like it, but because it hasn't been part of their culture, they don't know how to get started or what to do. And you run a program that really tries to come overcome that where adults can take other adults hunting. Not only does it benefit both of them with the camaraderie and getting outdoors, but they can win some great prizes. Yeah, yeah, you're so right, Terry. We, uh, I, I run into adults all the time that want to get into hunting. They're asking questions. How do I find a mentor? How do I, you know, how do I do this? Do you have classes? Do you have opportunities? And, and our wildlife management relies so much on, on hunting and fishing licenses. And, and so we, we want to make sure that, that people that want to hunt and fish have an opportunity to get out. But, but we, we have, we have programs that help people, but we just don't have enough programs to help everybody that's out there. So this, this contest is a way where we can reach out to new hunters while also encouraging, uh, existing hunters, right? Like knowledgeable hunters to share some of their skills and abilities with other people and get them into the sport. And, you know, I, I can't even describe how rewarding that is. Pretty much my whole career has been getting people into the outdoors and when I see somebody catch a fish or harvest an animal or just have the experience of being out, it isn't always about harvest. It's about being in the outdoors and learning. Uh, it, it's so rewarding to the individual who's already an accomplished outdoorsman that they're able to pass that on. It used to be such a part of our culture. And, and I just love the fact that you have this program to kind of get that type of an attitude going again. Tell us, how do people participate and how does the program work? Yeah, yeah. So it's called Take a Friend Hunting Contest. And anyone that wants to enter this, they can go onto our CPW website. And, and we have a little search box on the website. Just type in Take a Friend Hunting. Um, I'm, I'm going to just throw a, a, another note in here. We have a Take a Friend Hunting, or I'm sorry, Take a Friend Fishing Contest as well. So uh, if anyone wants to get involved in, in that, um, just, just search Take a Friend Hunting, and it'll take you right to the page. There's going to be some... Uh, rules, of course, on it, but uh, it'll it'll have the the form to submit. And what we're looking for is um, mentors that are 18 years old or older, um, and mentees that are 18 years old or older. The mentor should have a Colorado hunting license for at least three of the last five years, so a, a, a skilled 
knowledgeable, experienced hunter. Um, but also they, they will have to have a hunting license for this year. So they will be hunting, but they'll also be taking that mentee, that new hunter with them. The mentee, of course, will be 18 years older, older. They will have to have a hunting license as well. And they, they can have um, small game licenses, big game licenses. It, it just has to be some type of a hunting license. Even, even uh, anyone that hunted a spring turkey or a fall turkey um, can, can get involved in this contest. The the mentor, um, or the, I'm sorry, the mentee, um, just to get involved in it, there, there's some criteria that we got to look at when they uh, um, when they apply. Um, they, the mentee must never have had a hunting license until 2022, or only had a hunting license in the past year. So in the, for this contest, a license in 2021, or um, maybe someone who's who's kind of lapsed as a hunter. So if they haven't had a hunting license at least in the last five years. So um, if they haven't had a license since 2017, so we're, we're, we're trying to recruit new hunters, but there are some hunters that maybe tried it and they kind of faded away and they want to try it again. And so, so we're, we're open this contest to those individuals. So what do I have to do? I, I find this mentee and I want to take them out, take them under my wing. Um, is there uh, certain activities I have to do a number of interactions? How does it work? Yeah, so the mentor will take the mentee out on, on at least one hunt. They have to actually go out hunting. Um, they also have to engage in two more activities. And um, I, it's really easy to do, actually. So if you're going to take someone maybe on a small game hunt um, for birds or rabbits, um, or a big game hunt, you, you got to take them to the range, right? Get them, um, get them used to shooting safely, um, loading and unloading unloading safely, uh, some confidence and actually trying to hit maybe a moving target or, or hitting a target with a rifle. So uh, going to the range is a really good opportunity. You go on your hunt. And then if uh, if you actually harvest, what a great opportunity to invite that person over for a wild game meal um, after the hunt. There could be other opportunities of, you know, let, let's go take them to go, go shop. Let's go um, prepare equipment and gear. Um, there, there's a lot of opportunities. Even, even to take someone out scouting ahead of, t- ahead of the hunt could qualify as one of the activities. So it, the, the idea is not to just do a, you know, oh, hey, come hunt with me one and done. It, it's trying to establish a relationship and, and that mentor-mentee relationship where, where someone is engaging and, and, and helping to build skills, some light, long-term skills, but also um, hopefully there's a relationship that, that occurs after this contest is over as well. We've had some submissions from past years and reading through some of the uh, the information that they submit, um, it, it, there's some really neat stories about, about hunters that, you know, they, they lost a partner, um, they moved away or, or for whatever reason, they don't have anyone to hunt with and they just hadn't be asking someone at work or a friend in their community. And they took this, this new hunter out and now they, they go out every year to hunt and right. So they, they found a new hunting buddy out in the field. So, so this is a good way to do it. Um, when they apply, they're gonna um, they're gonna apply both as the mentor and the mentee. So they'll provide the information for both people, and they will submit a photo. Um, it'd be great to have a photo of the hunt, but it can be pretty much any photo uh, related to kind of their their three activities tying in together. All right, so they submit that, and then you have some really great prizes. What can they win? Yeah, I've got. Um, I've got prizes for both the mentor and the mentee. And right now I've got, oh, I think it's about 20 pairs of prizes. So some of the, um, the, the great prizes, I've got Vortex Diamondback binoculars, Bushnell range finders. I've got Primos, the, those bipod trigger sticks. 
uh, turkey, goose, and duck calls. I got some of those outdoor edge butcher kits. And then for, um, I, I've got the gift cards as well to some of these hunting stores. So I've got um, a $200 gift card for the mentor and a $100 gift card for the mentee. To I've got um, Jack's and Shields and Sportsman's Warehouse and then the, the Cabela's and Bass Pro stores. So, so we've got a lot of opportunities to, um, to, to reward these mentors and the mentees and, and, you know, this is all hunting-related prizes or the opportunities to use these gift cards to go buy some hunting-related gifts. Now, they're not guaranteed because you have a finite number of prizes and Unlimited could enter, but the case has been that the entries, most people end up getting a prize, don't they? Yeah, last year, everyone that, that submitted um, an entry and met the criteria, um, they were all rewarded a prize. So I, I'm hoping that we get some more mentors out there inviting mentees. There's a lot of new hunters that, that just haven't tried it. They want to get into hunting, and, and they just don't know how to get started. They don't know who to go with, where to go. And it's such an easy program for a new hunter to get involved in this. The, um, the, the program runs until February 28, and then I will uh, go through those submissions um, try to, you know, draw the, the winners from that and try and get those prizes out by March 31. That's, that's my goal for this year. All right. We're out of time, but once again, where can they find more information? If they go to the CPW website, look at the search window and type in take a friend hunting. All right, my friend, hopefully we'll get a lot of people. It's such a great program. Brian, thanks for joining us and telling us about the program. Thank you, Terry. I appreciate this opportunity. All right, Brian Posthumus from Parks and Wildlife. What a great opportunity. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, Jeff Caldwell is going to join us. Great wa waterfall guide. He'll update us on waterfall. He's also a fishing guide, fishes the northern lakes like Horsetooth and Boyd, and we'll get an update on those. But also there's a new opportunity that he's guiding on that he wants to tell us about. Listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan, brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear. They have locations up and down the Front Range. Let's go to the phones. Joining us is an old friend that for a long time. He used to do some of my television shows with me, and we actually even caught some fish when we did it, Mr. Jeff Caldwell. How in the world are we? Yeah, we used to be able to catch fish. I don't know if we still can, can we? No, I don't know. We could try. The fishing's always good, though. <laughs> Catching can vary. Good. Yeah, right. That's right. Right. No, actually, we right. actually, you know what? I I still get people that talk all the time about that little stint we did out on Boyd with the surface poppers for the white bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yep. That yep. was like a fish on every cast. You know that? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, when they're schooling like that, that can be a can be a kick in the pants, can it? <laughs> it can. We may talk about that a little later. I want to talk, I want to get a fishing update from you, and I want to talk a little bit about waterfall. But I want to start out with you are, are taking part in a new uh, opportunity that's presenting itself up here in the northern Front Range. And Water Valley, which is a development area, has a number of lakes, and they're open to the people who live on those areas. But one of them doesn't have a lot of people around it, and I understand you're opening it up to some public use and some guided use, or how is that going to work? 
Absolutely. Yeah, we did. We uh, we just opened up a brand new marina there on Lake Water Valley, which is the the big reservoir that's on the it'd be on the west side of Water Valley there, and uh, and we do have the kind of the exclusive fishing rights to that. So we're doing we've got a lot of stuff in store for that right now. But we're we just started up this fall, so we're just kind of getting started with really going to kick it off here going into this next spring and this next summer. But we're doing guided fishing. As a matter of fact, we've got two groups going today we've got one group this morning one group this afternoon and you got to experience the fishing there years ago water and that the fishing is incredible i mean it's absolutely we're talking world class i mean giant wipers huge crappies and, and good largemouth fishing um catfish smallmouth i mean we got walleyes we got it all over there it's pretty cool well, I think you and I went, we specifically targeted, I think, crappies and bass when we went out there. And we had a great time. And that was years ago when that lake was young, too. And yeah, yeah. I, 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 go ahead. No, I was just going to say that's exactly right. Yeah, that was that was kind of in the in the sort of the infant stages of the lakes there. And now that they've grown and with uh, kind of regular stocking programs and stuff on those lakes and, and it really turned into some some awesome fisheries, especially for the wipers. Man, we've got some giant wipers. I had a guide trip there last Saturday, and we caught a couple of wipers. One of them was actually was just under 10, and the other one was just under 12 pounds. But we've been catching a bunch of them kind of in that 7 to 8-pound range, which is, as you know, and, and, I mean, just an absolute hoot to catch. And even catching some on the fly rod, too. So we're going to offer some fly fishing trips there as well. I'll tell you what, you catch a 10-pound wiper on anything, and you got all you can handle if you're using most traditional gear and and freshwater gear. They, other than saltwater, I've never never hooked anything that pulls like a wiper. No, no, they are just they are just absolutely awesome. They use that width, you know, and and it's like catching giant blue. It's like catching seven pound bluegills, you know. They they have a lot of fight in them. There's no doubt about it, and. And, you know, all those fish over there, I mean, our fishing is just incredible. Our crappies, and I don't know if you remember back in the day over there, but even the crappies that we've been catching, I mean, they're averaging, Terry, over 12 inches. They're all 12 to 17-inch crappies, which are just incredible, absolutely incredible crappie. So how's this going to work? They're guided trips only, and how would people, they'll have to sign up with you? Is that what will happen? Exactly, exactly. So yeah, we're 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 kind of doing the exclusive fishing guiding trips on there. So they can they can contact us through the marina at Water Valley and it's basically we're we've got Water Valley Adventures. You know, we've got a lot of other things planned too with wakeboard lessons and fly fishing lessons, all kinds of stuff coming up for this next summer too, but they can contact us at uh um, you know, either Tyler Lind or myself uh at tlind at watervalley.com. Or Jay Caldwell, J-C-O-L-W-E-L-L at watervalley.com. Or they can call us at uh, the marina phone at 970-833-1760. Or they can even call my cell at 970-219-3913. So, All right. Well, hopefully. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, we'd, we'd love to have you. I'll tell you, as far as for fishing here on the front range, I promise you, people are going to be impressed. I mean, these fish are awesome. They're healthy. Our bait fish population is great. Um, you know, we're going to do a bunch of stuff with habitat and, and some more stocking programs and stuff. So 
uh, you know, if, if somebody's looking to just get out and do some private water fishing, I mean, I know there's a lot of public water uh, opportunities and guiding, which I've done some of that as well on public. But for a private water deal where there's nobody else on the lake, I promise you, can't beat it. They're going to love it. All right. Let's talk about a couple other things. Before we leave fishing, what have you heard about, like, Boyd or Horsetooth, anything? You know, I haven't heard a ton. Um, I know, you know, it's like as far as on our lake over there, we just kind of went through a, a fall transition, you know, that turnover period. And I think probably some of that has begun to happen on these local reservoirs as well. Um, with the water being low, I did hear a little bit that there was some, there were some white bass biting and stuff like that, um, over there at Boyd, but I don't know if that bite has still continued. Um, I haven't heard a lot. I, I know this is kind of that time of year too, where, the small mouse can be biting. You might have to look deep for them, you know, up at horse tooth. You and I both done that over the years, but I haven't heard a tremendous amount, Terry. I know, uh, man, the weather's sure right for it. I mean, what a, what great weather we've been having here lately. That's for sure. Well, it's going to change. So I think that's going to probably kick off a lot of that deeper bite with like spoons and jigging wraps and blade baits. And so I think we're finally yeah. going to see that. You know, but that's kind of specialized. You got to know what you're doing. You got to really trust your electronics. But that has been slow developing. But I think this next week will really kick that off. And we'll talk about more about that last week. The last thing I want to talk to you before we run out of time, though, that same weather that's coming in is probably going to start moving waterfall. I know you guide for ducks and geese. What are you seeing out there? And duck-wise, and what do you expect when goose season opens? Yeah, we are. As a matter of fact, we got we actually have two duck trips out this morning, and I know the guys of both groups have shot ducks. It's not been great here this morning. I think uh, the last I talked to the guys, it was around 8 a.m., and the one group had nine. So shooting some ducks, but it's not uh, not awesome right now. What happened was is a lot of these, uh, you know, the local ducks and a few of the early migrant ducks that showed up have kind of become a little bit stale. And, of course, with that warm weather and that stable weather, it's just been a little bit tougher here recently. But, um, but man, we've been shooting a lot of ducks. We've had a great beginning to our duck season. Um, I'm looking forward to when these geese show up here, too. Our season there opens up on the 31st of this month. Hopefully we'll get a, a bunch of geese down. They should start trickling down here before too long with some good pressure fronts to the north. Um, that's that's all just yet to see, of course. But, uh um, but, you know, I think we're going to start seeing some of that happen. And just like you said, even, I mean, this weather is going to change. And when it breaks, I think it's it's probably going to be kind of abrupt, I got a feeling, don't you? I do. I think we're we're going to get seasonal weather. The nights are cold. And I think we're going to start really feeling like fall outside instead of feeling like August. And yeah. and we'll see the water temperatures drop. One advantage we may have for the the migrant birds coming down is I know we've got a lot of dry areas, which will be a disadvantage because water's low, but we won't have those small ponds frozen either yet. Right, right, exactly. And, and you know, and I think the guys, uh, we're kind of fortunate with my guide business that a lot of the locations that we hunt ducks on, we do have water. And, and I think if guys have water, I mean, you're, you're going to have some hunting when these birds show up because of that exact fact, what you just said, that water is kind of at a premium a little bit this year. A lot of the reservoirs are low, um, you know, um, so if, if guys got water, I, I imagine when those birds hit, that hunting's going to be good, no doubt about it, if you've got water, without a doubt. All right, my, we're out of time, but if people want to contact you about any of what we talked about, how do they find you? 
You bet. Yep, they can they can contact us at Front Range Guide Service. They can also book us through either Colton or Jeff at FrontRangeGuideService.com. We also have uh, a now a YouTube uh, channel, so they can look that up too and and see some comp you know some hunts that we've had here recently, and that's FRGS Films, so Frogs Films. We're also on Instagram and Facebook, or they can call me direct nine seven zero two one nine three nine one three. All right, my friend. We will talk to you again soon and get an updated report from you. You bet. We appreciate it. And we come have everybody get out and do some fishing while it's nice. It's time to do it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jeff. Take care. Bye. You bet. Jeff Caldwell, great, great guy, great people to hunt and fish with. Um, great opportunities. You know, we always, we try to open you up to public waters here, but, you know, there's nothing wrong if you've got a good access to private water. Enjoy it. And the more of these we get, it takes some of the pressure off the other waters, and, and it gives you a great experience if you can afford it and you want to do that. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, uh, Nate Zelensky is going to join us, and he's going to recap what's going on with the rifle hunting seasons, and I'll bet he throws in a few fishing tips, too. All that more coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan.